it is, ladies and gents. Woo! It's time to have some fun. Just came back from watching Thor Love and Thunder. I'm don't worry, no spoilers here, so I ain't gonna butcher it for you. Go out and watch it though. It's definitely a fun movie. Let's get this show started. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real-life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Plus! Alright, ladies and gents, let's do this thing. Things I wish I learned in high school. I bet you there's a ton, huh? I mean, I know personally, there's a ton of stuff. I'm rounding 40 this, I'll be 40 next month, almost a little less than a month now, like 30 days or something like that. And in my own life experience, there's a ton that I'm like, nobody prepared me for that. Um, and I know there are many of you who feel the same way. So a little background on myself, first of all. Um, <clears throat> for those of you who don't know, I teach a high school course. I teach high school math, um, but I teach one called Financial Algebra. And I get to sit in with students. And these are the kids that have been struggling, let's say, in math for most of their high school career. And so they come to this class hoping to get this last math credit to graduate. Um, and so I take a different approach, right? I'm like, look, these kids didn't have the greatest uh, ease in a high school academic experience. So what if I can do something a little bit different? What if I can have some fun with these kids, give them some math skills, but at the same time, Give them some life skills, some things that are applicable. See, at school, we always talk about college and career readiness. And I think most of the classes that are out there are focused on that college readiness, not as many focused on career, right? And a career, for the most part, when you ask an academic what a career is, they're talking about a nine to five job. But that's not the only opportunity out there. There are different opportunities in different ways. So let's just jump into these things. And so uh, basically, that's that's the idea, right? So I want to bring some additional things into the classroom, and life skills are some of those things. And I, I came across this article that listed seventy different things I wish I knew or learned in high school. Um, and I pulled like ten or eleven of them. That's what we're going to be talking about here today. Um, usually, what happens during during a, a high school year, towards the beginning of the year, we have a couple weeks of getting to know the students and doing that sort of stuff. And then we have this open house, right? So essentially, parents can come in and like a back to school night type thing, right? And so when I explain what this class is, I always get parents coming back and saying, man, I wish I had a class like this in high school. There's so much I wish I would have known. And so I'm going to bring up number one here. Number one is there's more than one path in life. And so when I'm sitting here and I'm explaining to parents that this is this is what I'm going to teach your kids, they're going to learn about you know how to buy a home, how to buy a car, different financing terms. Uh, we're going to talk about taxes. We're going to talk about auto insurance. We're going to talk about all these life things. And they always come up with, man, I wish I had that kind of class in, in, in my high school career because they've gone on a different life path. Like Each adult, once they graduate, they realize as life goes on that high school wasn't the end. It was just the beginning. And oftentimes, most of us, when we graduate high school, we don't really know what we want to do in life, 
right? I mean, we have, there's some of you who have a good idea. Some of you who have that perfect vision, I'm going to be a doctor. And then you just continue to go to school until you, you become a doctor and that's your goal in life, right? Or I often talk about my wife. She wanted to be a teacher since she was little. And that's exactly the, the path that she went on and she made it happen. But most people aren't like that. Most people have a general idea of things they like to do, but life kind of pushes them in certain directions and kind of guides them. And then they kind of hopefully find a groove of something that they like. But there's more than one path in life. The the idea of success is different for each individual person where one person might want to be, you know, a stay at home mom and raise family. That's a great success story for them. That's one life, one of life's past that's that that is available to that person another guy wants to be the best real estate agent and he goes out and he does that thing or an entrepreneur jeff bezos go out and build a major company that's their path for life but not everybody knows what that life path is going to be we just know that there's many and i think if we make that uh, that clarity for our students to understand that there is no exact path there are recommended paths that you can go on these are paths that you know most people have gone on the college route and to get a job that is a path but it's not the only path and if we can open their eyes to different opportunities i think it makes a huge difference all right number two a good career involves more than just a high salary like this is a, a big one today uh, especially in the era of the entrepreneur, right? I mean, the, the whole reason why even I have a podcast or this type of stuff is, is popular is because right now we're in that era of you can start your own business. You can do something unique. You can do something that you love. We went through that COVID period where all of a sudden showing up to work wasn't the norm anymore. It was working from home or hopping on a camera and doing the Zoom type call, right? So the, the idea of what a good career is, is different. You used to be stuck geographically. You, know, you wanted to live in New York, you needed to make New York money. So you had to have a high paying New York job so you can live that New York lifestyle. Uh, and today, because of the ability that we have to communicate over the internet, you're finding more and more people moving to places where that uh, cost of living is much more effective, but they can still earn the money of the big city type jobs. And you're seeing this shift, at least I'm starting to see the shift in being able to hire talent that is not necessarily in your local area, right? And so that's going to open up a, a different idea. If you can figure out what it is that you love to do and you wake up every single day being able to do that thing, and still maintain the lifestyle that you're comfortable with, that is a good career, right? It's not making six figures. If you hate going to that job every day, you hate waking up every time the alarm goes off and you you slam it, right? If you hate that, then it's not going to work for you. A good career has a a little bit more balance, a little bit more, uh, what is it that I want type feeling in that type of career? And those opportunities do exist, right? They're there, different paths of life, right? Number three, school doesn't prepare you for real life. I mean, come on. What part, what aspect of life did you, did you actually take from school and implement it in your actual life? Now I'm going to critique this one because everybody says this part where, you know, school doesn't prepare you for real life, but what are some of those things that you did learn in school that you could apply to your life that would make you successful? Right, so here's here's a classic example. When I talk to my peers and we talk about and start reminiscing 
a lot of times we go back to that time frame where it was high school and college is some of the greatest years of our lives, partially because we were younger, right? And those are always the times that we reminisce about. But we feel like we have been accomplishing more during those times. We feel like we had a purpose. And a lot of it is because of the structure that was built in with school. I mean, we knew exactly what time it started. You knew exactly what you had, what book you needed to bring. You knew exactly what your assignments were, what your expectations were. You knew like by the minute, you knew that the bell was going to ring as you were looking at the clock, watching that little second hand go. You knew exactly when the bell was going to ring. You had structure in your day. You had expectations set in your day. And see what school doesn't prepare you for real life when I see this is because they don't tell you that in real life, nobody sets your expectations. Nobody's telling you where you have to be and what you should be working towards and when you have to get it done by, except when you get a job. And you realize that there's so many people out there that hate their job, but continue to go to it day in and day out. And they always talk about it's because I got to live. No, it's because it actually gives you purpose when you didn't have any. And that's the hardest thing to to like a pill to swallow, right? Like you don't give yourself purpose. You don't give yourself discipline. You don't give yourself structure. So you need to have some sort of confine or some sort of organization that gives that to you. And that's where a nine to five comes in, right? And this is why the preparation for college and the preparation for school works so well, because you learn to be a good, loyal employee that gets the job done, that shows up on time. So school doesn't prepare you for real life because if it's only training you to be a good employee, it doesn't show you the opportunities out there to take advantage of different economic times, to take advantage of different investment opportunities, to take advantage of you know, managing your budget, giving you the opportunities to change your life, start a side hustle, do these things. School doesn't prepare you for that. It prepares you to be a very good employee to have very specific knowledge in something, right? That's not bad, but understand that that's what it does, right? That's very good because I don't know about you, but if somebody's going to be working on my brain, open, you know, open up my skull and work on my brain and have surgery, I want that person to be very knowledgeable. And that's what school comes in. I get sued. I want to hire an attorney. I want one of the best attorneys. One of them is very knowledgeable. So for specialties like that, yes, the education path is perfect because it's going to teach you exactly that that's the way. But again, life has a different path. And school doesn't prepare you for the other path. Most people are not going to be doctors, are not going to be lawyers, are not going to be those professionals. So there's other ways to do that. Find that career that makes you happy. And hopefully you start to learn a little more, uh, or at least I get to prepare my students a little bit more for real life. Just, just, just to let them see that, look, there's this other opportunity. My goal, by the way, uh, I was telling James actually this on the way, on the way home from watching Thor, which is an awesome movie. Again, go see it. Um, I was telling him that my goal is to take all this podcasting stuff, all this business stuff and try to wrap it inside my class time. So if I can do that this year, that'd be awesome to be able to conduct interviews like podcast interviews like this with entrepreneurs but only uh, but not only to have the content that we do like like this normally but to be in front of a live audience so that my students are watching the interview but have the ability to ask an entrepreneur a question i mean how cool is that you know that's another person's life obstacles things that they had to overcome and to hear that other person's opinion and their story that could open the minds to my students to see a whole different life a whole different opportunity 
to prepare them for real life. That's the goal. Um, we'll see how it works out this year, I'm gonna, but I'm going to try to implement that. So here, here's to that one. All right. Uh, number four here. No one in the real, real world cares about your GPA. Oh, man. Oh, I love when we talk about uh, debt to income ratios in the classroom. We start talking about debt to income ratios. Um, and for those of you out there, this is where we figure out how much your total debt is. Right? These are your, this, this is money you've promised to somebody else, right? So when you buy a car and you don't pay cash, you finance it, you've promised that money to somebody else. That's a monthly payment. When you use a credit card, you are promising that you're going to make your monthly payment to MasterCard, Visa, Discover, American Express, whatever it is. You've already promised, you've obligated your money to a debt obligation. So we add up all those debt obligations, debt to income ratio. We divide those monthly debt obligations by your monthly gross income and we get a ratio. How much of the money you make is already promised to somebody else? And if you already promised more of the money that you make, uh, more than you know 36% or 50%, whatever the debt to income ratio is for lenders, then you know that'll qualify you or disqualify you for a, a home loan mortgage, right? And so when we're talking about debt to income ratio, part of it, part of the questions that always come up is, what about a credit score? How does my credit score implement it? And this is where I always talk about the real world doesn't care about your GPA, right? Because when you go to apply for a bank loan, whether it's a car loan or a credit card or a mortgage, whatever it is, they're going to pull your credit report. And that is your real life report card. See, the report card you have in school, it just says that you turn in your homework on time, that you do okay on tests or you do well on tests. That's what your GPA says. You did your work and you pass some tests. But in real life, I don't care if you do the work or pass a test. I want to know if you're going to pay me back, right? That's really what I want to know. And so your credit score is dictating how good you are at borrowing money and paying it back. If you borrow money and you pay it back consistently, then you're going to have zero problems because your credit score is going to be nice and high. If you borrow a lot of money, but you don't pay it back, you have a bad history of you know, doing that. Think about it. If you had a, a friend, right? Or a family member comes up to you and says, hey, can I borrow 500 bucks? You're like, oh, I don't know if I want to. All right, all right. I'll let him borrow 500 bucks. And that person never comes back. They never pay you back that money. How likely are you to lend them money the next time they ask? Hopefully you don't, right? Because you know now that when you lend that person money, they are not good at paying it back. You would give them a low credit score. You would bring their, their real life GPA low because they don't have a good habit of paying back. Now, switch that story around. Let's say this person did pay you back and then they ask you again later on, you are more likely to lend them the money if you have it because they have a history of paying it back. Their credit score is higher. Where in that scenario did you ask them for their high school transcript? Or their you know, college transcript to see what degree they had. You didn't because it is irrelevant. Your high school GPA matters to no one other than other academics. It just helps you get into college. Great. Try using your GPA in a job interview. They don't care. Show me your experience. Show me that you've done something before. I want to see evidence that you're actually making it happen. Then we'll talk about hiring you, bringing you on, whatever it is. That's what a resume in an interview is. The real world doesn't care about your GPA. It just doesn't. Here's another thing that I tell my students, and you know, some of your parents might get mad or whatever, but here's what it is. And if you heard it before, C's get degrees, 
when you're in college, if you get a C in a class, that's cool because you're getting a degree. But in high school, yeah, C's get degrees, but D's get diplomas. You don't have to get an A. I encourage my students to always get A's. I encourage them to always do their best. But there's going to be some stuff that it just doesn't click. For me, it was chemistry. I tried. I tried twice. I couldn't, it doesn't, didn't click for me. And I know there are other people out there who have the same struggles in math or the same struggles in English or the same struggles in whatever it is that that course is. They'll try. It, it just doesn't click for them. And it's okay if you don't get an A. But still put in the effort because the struggle is where the learning happens. And if you get a C, cool. If you get a D, it sucks, but cool, you passed. C's get degrees and D's get diplomas. But in real life, nobody cares about your GPA. All right, number five. Here we go, number five. Failing isn't something that should be avoided at all costs. Oh, man. I mean, think about that. In every class, the scenario I just explained to you, the kids are so worried about their grade, they're willing to do almost anything to raise their grade, except the learning part. Which is kind of weird, right? How shifted are our priorities? Because we're so afraid to say, hey, you failed. Hey, man, you know what? You shouldn't fail. Failure is bad. Repeating the class is bad. Failing kids are no good. They're not going to succeed in life. And that's just not true. The reality is, no matter what you decide to do in life, at the beginning, you're going to suck at it. You're going to struggle. Look, if I'm talking to my peers right now, the older peoples, right? These 30, 40, and up club, how many of you feel like you're out of shape? How many of you feel like, I know I need to be moving more? And then maybe in your mind, you actually click over and you're like, all right, I'm going to do this. And you go out and you work out day one, day two, and day three, your body's hurting. You're sore. But this is exactly what you're doing. You're working your body to its failure point. It's controlled failure. I love how Will Smith said that, actually. He said, he talks about how working out is controlled failure. You work your body to the point where your muscles can't go any further. You break them down, and that's how they rebuild. The failure is the learning process. The failure is how you build and you get better. Failure is something we should encourage. You should fail a lot more. Fail faster. What is it that you don't know so we can identify that, and then you begin to learn? then you begin to defeat the problem. We're so worried about sitting in comfort, we forget that the discomfort is where change happens. That's where your body changes. That's where your habits change. That's where your solutions happen. Failing isn't something that should be avoided at all costs. It's something you should work toward and accept and it's just part of the process. Number six, beating yourself up, up over mistakes only wastes time. And we're teaching our kids, by the way, that failure is a bad thing. And so what happens? They take a test, and maybe it's the first test of the semester, and they get an F. And what happens? Their morale goes down, and they feel like, oh, see, another year, I'm going to sit in this class, and I'm not going to pass. Should I even try? This is going to be a waste of time. Look, all these thoughts start going on in their head. And I know if you're older, you're watching this and you're thinking, God, I feel like that today. 
oh, these bills just keep coming in. I know I'm overweight. I need to be working out. I need to be drinking more water. I know I need to take care of myself. My kids need this. I just don't know. Like I know, and I messed up over here. I shouldn't have bought that thing. Like all those things that you're beating yourself up for, the mistakes that you've already made, you're sitting so much time in that failed moment, it's becoming cancerous. It overwhelms you. It takes up so much of your day. You're sitting there thinking about all the mistakes you made instead of all the opportunities that are being presented. You keep beating yourself up over and over again. Depression lives in the past. As long as you keep reliving that past moment, you will always be depressed. You will always struggle. It's hard, but the only way to move forward is to just let it go and move. You made the mistake. What did you learn from it? Make a choice and move forward. You can't take it back. I know I just watched Thor, and in this Marvel universe, we can, you know, get some... Uh, some pim particles and go back in time and make some changes. It doesn't work for us in real life. And if it was something possible, we just don't know about it yet. You can't go back and fix it. You can't go back and change it. Learn from it. No matter how painful it is, don't experience that pain without some sort of reward. The lesson learned is your reward. Even if it's somebody who you love that passes away, what did you learn from this person? How did they make you better? What are some of their greatest qualities that you can implement in your life? Look for the lessons and stop beating yourself up. They can't make that change. All right, I got number seven. I only got like nine minutes, so I'm going uh, I'm to push through these. Procrastination isn't always bad. You just got to know when to manage it. Now, this is one of those things. Depends on your personality type, right? Because I'm the type of person who's always trying to stay busy. But busy doesn't always mean productive. And to schedule time off, that was a huge leap for me. But I'm forcing it to happen. Because life is more than just work. And even though I love doing this stuff, even though I love hopping behind the camera, putting on the show, creating the content, meeting new people, there's other aspects of life that I need to hang out with at times. And so I got to compartmentalized. You know what? These, this week, I'm doing this thing. This next week, we're going on vacation. I'm focusing on that. And maybe I create fun content, right? Because I still got to keep going. But it's okay to do a little procrastination. But still, have your vision before you, and you can keep going. All right. Here's, the, uh, here's another one real quick, moving through these as quickly as possible. The Pareto Principle, 80-20 rule, just doesn't apply to pea pods. All right, he's talking about, in this article, he's talking about a couple different things, but the 80-20 rule, right? Like I said, I, I stay busy a lot of the times, but busy doesn't always mean productive. 80% of the activities that I do are busy work. They're not working me towards my goal. They're keeping me comfortable where I am today to pretend like I'm moving towards a goal, but without discomfort, you're never going to get there. And your mind is the thing that's working against you. Your mind is working to keep you comfortable. And if you want to succeed or do anything different, you have to be comfortable with the discomfort. And the 80-20 rule is cutting out. Like 80% of the stuff that you do in your day isn't the productive work. Focus your attention on that 20%. Like if you worked, I mean like actually worked 
for two to four hours a day. I mean, like focused, not like, you know, and this is where I'm guilty of not like I'm going to do some work. And then all of a sudden you catch yourself watching TikToks for five minutes or 20, 10 minutes go by. Right. I'm going to do my work. and All of a sudden I'm like zoned out in my uh, emails and I'm, I'm clearing out stuff. Right. I'm not talking about quotation work. I'm talking about actual working towards your goals or your dreams Four hours even two hours of like in the zone working, you can get so much done. And that's the power of that 80-20 rule. 20% of what you do in your day is actual productive work. If you can focus your activities and your time to work on those 20% of your things, you're going to be much more successful. But how do you figure out which of those 20%, which are the most productive? Yeah. They don't teach us that in high school. They tell you what to do. How do you figure out what it is that you want? All right, number nine. This is a big one for me. Practice productivity. Again, going back to that 80-20 rule, right? That 20% of activities. How do you practice the productivity? All right, I'll give you an example. I've had multiple businesses in my life. And I've learned different aspects of business. Everything from you know, the accounting side, I got my degree in accounting. Um, I had to learn about taxes. So I started a tax practice so I can learn all about that stuff. You know, insurance is part of business. So I got involved in, and became a partner in an insurance agency. Um, you know, when we make money, we'd like to invest in, we started investing in real estate. So I had to go in and get my real estate license. Like I've had experience and knowledge in, the, in many different aspects of a business. And so productivity to me, now is all about lead generation. How can I talk to more people? And when I talk to somebody, how can I figure out what their problems are, where they need help at, and then point them in a direction? And sometimes it's one of the businesses that I own and sometimes it's not. And in doing that one thing, what happened is I started to create content and build my own brand and people are starting to ask, how do you do that? Can you do that for me? How do I start a podcast? How do I make content? How do I put out things like that? Where'd you get your graphics done? and opened up the agency. Practice productivity. You don't always know how you're gonna do what you're gonna do, but you have a vision of what it is that you wanna do. I wanted to be in business, and I didn't know which avenue was gonna take me. First, it took me through the accounting. Well, actually, first it took me through a major failure. We started our first business, computer repair company, and it wasn't until it crashed and burned that I was like, okay, now it's time to learn pieces. But I knew what pieces I wanted to learn. And it started with the accounting. And it started right out, you know, started with the accounting. And then it went into the taxes. And I went to the insurance, right? You don't know where life's going to take you. Multiple paths, right? But if you have this vision of what you want to do, the how will come as you do, as you take action. Just move. Take that first step. Practice the productivity. The rest will start to solve itself. And some of you will find solutions like snap, right? It just comes naturally or you hit the right cue or you find the right partner or you find the right team and you're in the same direction or the market just shifts perfectly and your timing and your business and your product is lined, lined up and everything works and you are on that rocket ship, that hockey stick on your graphs and so much productivity and your business is booming. But most people don't have that path. Remember, a good career is different for everybody. All right? Look, even Curtis is knowing there's so much power in the 80-20 rule. 100%, Curtis, 
so much power and we just got to implement it. Practice the productivity. Just go and take action. Go and make it happen. It's the only way you're going to figure it out. And here's, here's something that, uh, that I didn't realize until later on. At first, they'll laugh at you. Then they'll ask you for help. When you first take those actions, you don't know what you're doing. And people are going to say, dude, they're going to point those things out. Your show is not that good, bro. Really? That's what you're going to name it? Oh my gosh, that's so embarrassing. I would never do that. You're going to hear stuff like that from some of the closest people that you know. It's just that they can't see your vision. Practice your productivity. Stay on your course. You'll figure it out. I promise you. It might take longer than what you see on this uh, fantasy of social media. But over time, they'll ask you for help. Keep going. Practice your productivity. All right, last one. And this, one is a, this one's a biggie. Set and stick to deadlines. The only reason why this show works the way it works is because it's on my calendar that this is what I'm going to do every single day. There's a deadline to it. One episode a day. Let's do it. Right? Today, for example, I have plans later on when I'm normally going to be doing the show. So I'm recording it early so I can get it out of the way. Set the deadline and stick to it. The only way that you are going to build confidence is if you set a promise or set a deadline for yourself and you actually do it. The way you grow weak mentally is when you make a promise to yourself and you don't do it. Because you can make promises to other people and so what? You can break those promises and so what? Your day will continue. But the moment you make a promise to yourself and you break it, you know how weak you are. You know how weak your integrity is. You know how you're not actually going to do the things you say you're going to do. And your confidence level goes down because you're the only one who believes in you or doesn't. So stick to your deadlines. Set them for yourself. These are your standards, your minimum standard that you do every single day, whatever it is that you're going to do, and stick to it. You're going to find confidence in yourself. You're not going to care what other people think because you know who you are because you're making promises to yourself. You're setting them and you're making it happen. That's how you walk into a room and not give a shit what anybody else thinks because you know exactly who you are and where you're going. You can lie to everybody else, but you can't lie to yourself. Set your deadlines and stick to it. You do that, you build the confidence you need to continue. And these are the 10 things that I wish I learned in high school. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the show for today. Uh, if you guys have any questions or, of course, if you have any ideas that you want to throw at me because maybe there's things I can implement in my classroom, I welcome them. Leave me a comment. Give me a thumbs up, whatever it is, because, again, your uh, engagement is the greatest social uh, currency out there. And if you spend it with me, I'm, I'm very honored and very grateful. We'll see you guys again next week. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.